volatility, uncertainty, complexity. This is the work environment that is our reality. What will leaders need to know to be successful in the future? Who will they need to be to build team member commitment? How will they need to show up to create a motivating environment for their people? Welcome to the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, a dialogue about how leaders will need to adapt to be successful in a rapidly changing world. And now, please join your host and executive producer, Sal Sylvester, to engage in the conversation about the future of leadership and how to transform people into confident leaders. Hello and welcome to season four of Sal Sylvester on the future of leadership. I am Sal Sylvester, your host and founder and CEO of 512 Solutions, an executive coaching and leadership development firm based here in Boulder, Colorado, helping organizations create healthy, aligned, and more human workplaces. I'm also the founder and CEO of Coach Metrics, a cloud-based tool we developed to measure behavioral change in coaching and leadership development. Thank you for joining me today to talk about the future of leadership. As you may know, season four is all about the future of work. As we think about the post-pandemic era, hybrid work environments, what our future workplace will look like, leaders will need to think differently about how they engage their workforce. So this season, I'm interviewing human resources executives to get a sense of what they're seeing and how they're guiding their organizations through this next transition. Today's guest is Sudakshina Ghosh. She is the Vice President of Human Resources for HPE's Global Operations. She has been with Hewlett Packard Enterprise for over 11 years. Prior to that, she was with Deloitte Consulting in their human capital consulting practice, and prior to that at Accenture in their human resources practice. Sudakshina talks to us today about how Hewlett Packard Enterprise has built a practice of work that fits life. Let's go to the interview with Sudakshina now. Sudakshina, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Very well. Thank you for having me, Sal. How are you? I'm doing well. It's interesting as we start to see organizations reemerge back into the workplace and considering the future of work to get a sense of all of the things that are going on and, and to hear and think about what leaders have on their minds. And that's really what today's conversation is about. And as we think about how things have changed in this pandemic over the last 15, 18 months, love to hear from you. In what ways have you noticed employees' attitudes changing? How do they think mm-hmm. differently, if they do at all, about work? Yeah, it's a fascinating Evolution, I would almost call it, right? Because who knew when we started the pandemic how this would all evolve? And we weren't even planned at that time to suddenly go remote and get to everything remotely in our homes. Business continuity was supposed to be a big question mark. But here we are, 18 months odd, almost 12 to 18 months out. And what's fascinating is we have adapted so well. We have almost seen increasing in productivity in many of the areas, which is another fascinating data point. So without any preparation, we have been able to navigate this. Yes, there have been rough patches and it hasn't been always ideal, but it's fascinating to think how work has changed. And now when we are almost at that point where we might be able to actually go back into offices, the question is, what's next? 
And the fascinating thing about employees is that what we are hearing is they want the flexibility. Mm. I think gone is the construct of work from nine to six or eight to five or whatever else that meant for anybody, because people have recognized that you could actually do this in an ebb and a flow where you could be on site on-prem and you could be away and remote and yet balance both the worlds. However, Another fascinating point is that one size does not fit all because we know some roles, like I support a manufacturing organization along with others, and their people will need to come in. Operations will need to have some, you know, people in the offices. Sales folks will have to go meet customers. Engineers will need to be in the labs. Uh, But what we are trying to kind of, what we are sensing from employees is they're okay to come in but they want to have that flexibility. So a defined work time is something that's probably not something that they wanna see. And also we run a global organization. What's fascinating is that what we are hearing from some other countries is very different Mm. because it depends on infrastructure, societal structures, childcare support, so on and so forth. There are so many facets that employees are dealing with. So I think corporations and employees and managers need to kind of keep that in mind as we plan as to what's the best optimal solution as we kind of, you know, move through the next couple of months. Yeah. What's an example of how employees might be thinking about work differently? Let's say, any other country outside of the U.S. So we're, okay. we tend to get very U.S. centric and without falling into that trap, how are some other countries thinking about work differently from how we're thinking about it in the U.S.? Yeah, that's a great question. I think what we are seeing is a huge play of infrastructure and societal structures. So I'll mm-hmm. take an example. We have a huge population in Guadalajara, India, some of these culture countries depending on how the societal structures are. So if you have, say, a divorce, a female, I don't want to stereotype, but again, there are a lot of these cases we are facing where we have a female employee who has, and you know, who lives in an extended family set up in India. Now for her working from home does not mean what it means for me, which is I lock my office door. And I'm on calls through the whole day. For her, likely, it means balancing more between her household chores, childcare, and whatever else that means. And so it's a different challenge. And so sometimes we are also hearing that some people liked and appreciated that ability to actually come in to office where they are able to compartmentalize their personal life and work life for a period of time. And they had a certain arrangement that was in play during that period of time. It Mm. could also be infrastructure because sometimes if you are crammed up in a, you know, one bedroom apartment and both the spouses, and we see that even in some of the big cities here, right? I mean, you have three kids and, you know, both the parents are trying to kind of take calls and somebody is probably sitting in the basement or in the laundry room trying to take a call. So it depends on what works for individuals. And that's where I think the key, Sal, is really to kind of give that element of flexibility. At HPE, we we have a philosophy of work that fits life. And so 
what we are trying to do, and we have been actually one of the few companies who made a stance early on saying that we believe that something shifted. And while we would love people to come into office to collaborate at different periods of times and depending on their roles, we believe in the concept of working in the edge, which means you are flexible to kind of come in or not come in, depending on how your personal situation or your work needs were. That's so fascinating. I In the last interview I conducted with Rochelle Luther, she's the chief human resource officer for Columbia Sportswear Company. Mm-hmm. And she talked about this idea of employees want their employers to see their whole self, to mm-hmm. know that there are different yeah. elements of their life. And I think you're adding to that in the sense that you're saying it's different from community to community from we have to we have to think with that global mm-hmm. hat on as leaders. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing that is going to be interesting as we navigate the next couple of months, Al, is also going to be redefining boundaries. Mm. Because uh, one of the things we are hearing from employees is burnout, anxiety. And part of it is COVID and all of it, but part of it is being constantly on because being working from home means personally, even for me, I start at 6 a.m. and keep going on and I'm always on. And that's not sustainable because earlier there was a period of time where you get into the car, you have a commute and every and research shows that whatever we lost in commute is now being invested into office hours or work Mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm. So I think the concept of redefining boundaries. And if everybody was to work in a dispersed environment, boundaries will look different. For somebody, it would be, I need to pick up my kids from school at this time. For somebody, it could be, I need to kind of take care of an elderly person, or I need to go and go to the gym, or I need to run. Whatever that is for their personal and family well-being needs to be considered. The other factor, again, being a very global organization is time zones. This whole Zoom teleconferencing culture has kind of pivoted a little too much for many's liking. And so we need to be able to respect boundaries and redefine what's okay and how much can you push people depending on their time zones and flexibility. So more to, I think there will be more to come on how we redefine those mm, boundaries. It's so interesting. So back to flexibility mm-hmm. and one size fits all doesn't actually work so well. Yeah. And I know a lot of our clients have had late night, early morning calls. We as well, this is the virtual environment has opened up global business for us. And so we spend a lot of time working from 8 p.m. till two in the morning with clients. So we get that as well. So with with all with some of those shifts in thinking around flexibility and societal change, how is the enterprise responding? What are some things that you're noticing internally on how the organization is responding? Yeah, and that's been fascinating, right? Because if you look at what's happening in the industry today, some companies even up to six months back went and made a stance and they kind of defined what future of work looked like for them. And they made decisions around moving people remote or on the edge, as we call it. But there are others who are still evolving their philosophy around what works. What we're also seeing is a lot of I think alignment that needs to still happen between leaders 
because depending mm. on what your personal school of thought is around how much of FaceTime, and I mean not technology FaceTime, real FaceTime, right. you need, some leaders feel that we can only be effective if we are all locked in a room, versus there are some who are more open. So I think there is, and you've seen different companies, that's why I make different kinds of value statements around these things. And so, like I was saying, we in HP very early on took a stance and we believe that, you know, work has, the future of work has changed and we will support work that fits life by having employees on the edge. Now, what is important in my learning is communication. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, we need to communicate and communicate, even if we are not, because we're all learning. The reality is, do we all know exactly how this will all shape out? Likely no. We have our hypothesis. So I think it requires organizations and leaders to have a growth mindset, to say, this is going to be an agile learning. We have a stance and we'll try to, kind of support that through policies, benefits. I think there are those elements, if you look at it operationally, how do you support employees? How do you engage with employees? How do you have a high-performance culture in a dispersed environment? How do you help leaders and managers manage performance in highly dispersed areas? So I think there is a lot of that conversation internally that we need to have and we are having, thankfully, but the key is that we, it might be iterative. We will, mm-hmm. and, and hence I go back to communication. And it's not just one way, it's a feedback loop, learning what's working, what can we do to help better? How do we iterate? I think that's going to be probably key. Yeah. I think within that communication, too, I think it will be important to let employees know that we are experimenting. We don't have a playbook on, on how to run this reemerge from a pandemic. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things we don't know and the communication, the growth mindset, the learning, and then the pivoting will be so critical. Do you have any tips for teams? So as teams think about working in this new environment, this future of work environment, what one or two tips do you have for teams on how they need to adapt? Yeah. And I think what is going to be the most important is how do organization and teams have that sense of connection, mm-hmm. the ability to collaborate effectively, you know, and so it's going to be important for us a, to have regular dialogue within the teams, the manager, the leaders of the organization, really kind of, and there are a lot of, look, the good news is that we are in 2021 and there's a whole host of technological tools available. 10 years back, probably it would have been harder. If right. We situation. For so sure. The other aspect is, and organizations are like, we are definitely exploring other collaboration tools. So the investment that's probably shifting a little bit from real estate is needs to go into thinking about how do we enable teams to collaborate better virtually and in a dispersed environment. It's also, I think, about teams kind of coming together and managers coming together and understanding those boundaries, those performance parameters, because there was a time when you would show up in office and in some junior levels, that is an element of, yes, I'm there. Now, nobody knows what you're doing, but so how do you redefine how you're contributing? And so the goals and having those performance conversations, driving accountability is going to be, again, important. But I think organizationally, what I'm most excited about seeing how this evolves is the shaping of culture, Mm -hmm. because a lot of our culture, as we know, is touch and feel. 
that's the superficial elements, right? So when you don't come into an office, so you don't see those signboards, you don't get together in physical meetings, how do you create that virtually and in dispersed setups? How do you really do have effective team building? And you know this, you do this as a, for right. a living. Right. I mean, how does that change? Right. And how do we still continue to have that values being lived in a virtual and a dispersed setup? So I think those would be some fascinating things to see how things evolve. Awesome. Sudakshina, thank you so much for joining me today on the Future of Leadership podcast. And I look forward to hearing how the next several months go. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. This is exciting. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast. You can get session notes on our website at 512solutions.com. That's the numbers 512solutions.com. Please follow and like the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. And if you want to learn more about how we can help transform your people into confident and action-oriented leaders, please check out our website at 512solutions.com. I look forward to continuing the conversation about the future of leadership, I'm out.